0: Going to start recording and copy that. Hi everybody. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. This is Dr. Martinez. I'm here with Talk with the Doc. I've got Dr. Warren on the line. And uh, Doc, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Okay. Hey, my name is Steve Warren. I'm glad to be on the show today. I'm, I've been a physician for over 35 years. Did uh, my MD degree back at George Washington University, and then got my Ph.D. back there at the same time in, in health administration, but said I really wanted back to practice medicine. So I ended up doing a residency for four years in family medicine, then an extra year in preventive medicine, and was sent out to a rural area in, in rural America for about eight or nine years where I did a lot of deliveries, general surgery, and everything because I was the only doctor in that county for like three of the years, which was larger than the state of Rhode Island. So I got to see a lot of good medicine down in the Four Corners area in, in the United States, and after that, ended up, after leaving that practice, went up and started working in nursing homes and skilled nursing facilities and rehab centers for about 18 years, doing a lot of work with people at the end of life who ran hospice programs and dealt with a lot of chronic illnesses, and realized that, you know, a lot of the medicine I had been doing over my life was just sort of fixing it. As I realized and started looking at allopathic medicine, realized that allo means symptom management. That's basically what I was doing, is just managing symptoms on patients and not getting to the root causes after some other little dittlies and other areas of addiction medicine realized that addiction medicine had a lot of complications in it. I ended up about three years ago going into more regenerative and longevity medicine trying to get to the root cause of some of the chronic illnesses that we face in order to make a bigger influence in people's lives and change in their lives. And so I started doing work with different nutraceuticals and other pharmaceuticals but got on to dealing with stem cells uh, about three years ago, and so my practice right now is dedicated to you know, looking at hormones in patients. The new peptides that are out there, and then these ability for stem cells.
0: Fantastic, doc, and and I think uh, you know I I was the same way. You know, twenty years of medicine, allopathic, you know, covering up symptoms. And uh, would you say now, as uh, after a long bit of practicing medicine? Would you say most of your peers that started when you start are doing what you're doing?
1: No, I think, you know, I think most of them, unfortunately, and and, you know, and I think you see the same thing in your area. A lot of them are getting bought out by these big hospital corporations or big, you know, medical management health maintenance organizations where their lives are controlled by protocols. So I'm finding that a rare physician is like myself who really is not aligned with a big corporation that I can decide what I need for my patients or do my own, you know, thinking independently from them, but I think a lot of my colleagues right now are being stuck in that world of being told what to do with protocols and all this or that, and they're not really getting into finding the root cause of disease. I mean, there's a few of us out there, but most of them are just, you know, doing what they're told to do from these corporations.
0: Right, standard of care, right, Doc? <laughs>
1: standard of, yeah, standard of care. And I don't know whose standard it is, but <laughs> right, it makes right. the insurance companies happy and the hospital systems happy. But I am know standard of care is what patients need to feel well with. I,
0: you know, I, I know from this perspective, and I think you know you're you're going to agree that you get down the line of practicing, you know, standard of care for so many years, and like you said so eloquently, you, you get tired of it. You you get tired of not seeing the results in patients, even though you're following set protocols. And, uh, you know, stem cells, I, I think, are something that we haven't done enough, uh, not only research, but actually we haven't allowed education to be out there for the masses.
1: What do you think, Doc? I think it's it's true, and you know, you vote that, I have patients that go to their orthopedic surgeons or go to their regular internal medicine and talk about themselves, And they says, first of all, they say, oh, it's not legal in the United States because right. you know uh, President Bush sort of put a uh, cap to that, thinking that they was illegal. But and then most, of, and most of my colleagues say, oh, they just there's no science that works. There's no peer literature that it works. So as soon as I hear a physician saying, oh, it doesn't work, or there's no peer, re- you know, related to peer-reviewed literature about it, I know they haven't even looked into it right and because there's a lot of peer-reviewed literature out there and it it works and unfortunately they just don't know much about it so therefore i tell my patients if a physician tells you no they don't like that or it doesn't work it means they really don't know themselves you know don't want to admit it and so they don't research it and that's the sad part and so they don't aren't educated themselves how are they supposed to educate the patients
0: about it? Right. No, I I totally agree, and I and I know a, a lot of our listeners out there. You know, doc they uh they are right at that cusp of wanting more. You know, out of out of medicine, they they're wanting more out of care from their physician. And you know, here's here's the question I'm going to pose, and and I'm and I'm very curious to hear your answer on this one. What can we do now as as kind of trendsetters? you know, as kind of, you know, the docs that are out there uh, kind of doing things differently. What can we do to educate more people? Or or what are you doing? Doc, you there? Oh, hold on, everybody. I think I lost. I lost him. Doc, you there?
1: Sorry, something happened. I just got (laughs) cut. So how can we, you know, going back to your question Mm -hmm. is, you know, we've just got to get out there and educate people about, you know, what true stem cells are and the differences in stem cells. Right. Get them the right education and material because there's, right now, it's the wild, wild west. <laughs> it and, is. And some of the, the scammers out there are taking advantage of a lot of people. And now the FDA is starting to crack down and make it look like the really folky, uh, folky folk medicine. But well, it really is not because people are taking advantage of it. So our goal is we just got to educate, educate, educate people.
0: How how do you feel social media is playing a part in that for, for you and your practice? Is it helping at all?
1: I think social media does help. I mean, you know, some of my areas, that's where I'm getting some of the patients because they seem to read more social media than from other patients who've had good experiences. And they say, Oh, we let somebody had great experience with it or find out that there's different types. So to be honest with you, I think social media is playing a bigger role in getting education to patients about what some of the advantages are stem so and, and you know, going to their physicians or anything out there. So I think it's yeah. it plays a big role. I think in in educating them, and then they also help. say, hey, this place is not good, or they're using you not know, good, not good product. So I'm trying to use social media, at least in my world, to try to get that information out there.
0: Fantastic, and you know, I I would agree with you. You know, I do the same thing in my practice. And uh, whereas before, I you know, I I didn't understand the magnitude of social media, and I was kind of locked into my my office and paperwork and. Treating patients, and I had—I I mean, I had no social media accounts. And you know, in the past three years, for me, it, in my practices, it, it's been a huge way to educate people, and those people then make a choice to either come and see me or, or choose something else. But Doc, I, uh, go great. ahead.
1: Go ahead. I was also going to say it's interesting. I last year or twice, I think, in the last year, I've done some presentations to groups, large groups of healthcare providers at some big conferences nationwide in Florida and elsewhere, mm-hmm. where there's probably over 800 providers. And I did a great talk on mesenchymal stem cells from Warton Jelly that I'm using. And then I just, you know, I, I didn't get very many questions. I didn't get very many follow-up <laughs> questions from patients, from the doctors. And I started saying, right. well, what's what's the problem? This is great information. And I realized after talking to a few of them later, that it just went over their head. It was just right. a concept that's so foreign to them because they're just barely able to keep up their protocols from the hospital that introducing this new information to them so foreign to them, it sort of just turned off on, on listening anymore. Yeah, I found it really, really scary that these kids <laughs> don't even want to listen to new information.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, and going back into our medical st- school days, you know, embryology, well, the right. embryology is taken out of the curriculum now. They're not even teaching that in, in, uh, in full-course medical schools. You know, they get a tidbit of it. But that was the only time I heard about mesenchymal st- stem cells was in embryology. And, right. yeah, and and so, you know, we're, we're looking at a lot of our peers, the young kids coming out of school, I just dated myself, I call them kids, but, um, you know, my son is, is going into medical school this next year, and so I've noticed a lot of the trends of our peers that are our young docs, they have absolutely no clue about this, and on the other side of it, they have some other skills about social media, about communication, about doing things, and so... Right. I think there's a great potential here for docs like you to get out and really educate these young kids. So I'm going to pose another question here. If we get a retreat together where we're focusing on, you know, medical school students, uh, you know, docs right out of school, would you come and speak?
1: Oh, for, you know, for sure, because I think okay. that's where we got that influence. At least we'll make them start thinking right. outside right. of the box. start <laughs> right. thinking, maybe there are some other things out there that, you know, that we have doctors who have been seasoned for years that have practiced and they're getting good results. They right. to open up their minds and say, yeah, not everything my professor taught me in medical school is not, you know, is maybe they taught me a little bit because there's more out there. And I think that's where you and I make a big difference in trying to say, hey, look at it from a different perspective. Look at it this way or this, you know, another perspective so that they can make their own decisions. I argue all the time, even when pharmaceuticals, you know, that we hate big pharma. Right. And and they nice like. Matter of fact, I'm doing a big pharma talk tonight in California. You know, they might they say, well, we, we, the doctors can't come or the residents can't come because they don't want that information because they might be biased. But I always argue that if a pharmaceutical rep or a doctor is talking about a new a new pharmaceutical drug, you might not like that particular drug, but it makes you think about how am I treating that particular patient in my practice, and do I need to look at it from a different perspective? So it's not that mm-hmm. I'm selling you on something. It make you start challenging your own thinking to say, "Hey,
0: is a different way of looking at this patient or this particular disease process Doc, that was a, a gem you just dropped on the show, and I really appreciate it because that's that is the truth and uh, so I, you know it, it's it, when I have these shows, I love having docs like like you on, on this, particularly because we're able to discuss you know trends we're able to discuss new modes of therapy we're able to discuss science and technology. And, um, you know, I, I think you, you said it best earlier. They're, they're just not thinking about this. You know, they're thinking about, you know, how much can I bill insurance for on this particular code? You know, oh, ICD-10 codes are different than ICD-9 codes. and Now, you know, the other docs have been in practice for about five years they're going, okay, I've got to learn new codes. And trust me, we've all been there in practice. And um, I think what's really great about stem cells, what I've noticed is they're really easy to facilitate for your patients. What do you think?
1: Wow. You know, it's a great concept, especially for a lot of patients. Because this is a natural way. You know, I always say this is God's way of giving us back what we've been looking for centuries for. He mm-hmm. had it right in front of us the whole time. You know, you look at aside societies that eat or, right. or animals eat the or these other things. We've had the answer: amniotic food being the great anti-inflammatory, the jelly being better than hyaluronic acid, and all these synthetic things they make. Right. Always been there, and it's just finally. You know, we've finally done. 180 degrees the the direction say, hey, look, what, what is nature given us? You know, and <laughs> yeah. I, I always laugh. I delivered probably over 1,500 babies, and I thought, wow, how many millions of dollars did I just dumped in the garbage can? Oh, I, I think. they we'll, help yeah. patients from the center and the local
0: courts. Right. You know, I, I was the same way. You know, you're, you're looking at this. This would be enough stem cells for the mom, the dad, the brothers, the sisters, <laughs> the baby, and, and we're just tossing it away like it has no value. And, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken out for years about just changing that thought process. And now that we have great companies out there that actually can, can process and hold on to some of those stem cells for the family. Right. I mean, what, what a great opportunity for people. But, like you and I were just talking about, not a lot of people know that that's even an option in the birthing process. No, they
1: don't. Yeah. And, and then, let me just say, I'm going to say another sort of be a advocate out there a little bit. Right. The trouble is also, if you see... Until recently so some of these newer stem cell companies or tissue gathering companies from like American tissue bank before when they would say hey would you like to save your cord you know for further you know for your for you basically and so families would say hey yeah I'm gonna save my cord off the X amount of you know to process it in this much of you know a year to keep it I realized when patients would call said, oh yeah we saved our cord I'd call those companies up and they said no we just saved the cord blood and it's only okay. specific to that particular patient or, you know, relatives that have the same tissue or the same blood type and, you know, type of matching. Right. But it wasn't good for anything else. It wasn't like the stem cells I'm using that are the mesenchymal that are, um, that can be treated, can treat any patient. But, and so these poor families are paying all this money. I said, what good is so, Well, if they got cancer and they had to do the chemotherapy to wipe out all of their bone marrow, then these cells would be here to get back to them. Right but they've been taken for years and years thinking that the same stem cells that we're talking about today that they can go back to these cord <clears> things <throat> and get their blood back or their cords back to do it and it's not true it's only cord blood they're saving and it's not going to help them at all right it's bad
0: i'm I'm glad you brought that up because it, that is the other side of of what's been happening in this industry and um you know how how do we fight that doc you know how do we how do we change that
1: it's just, I think it's education and then. You know, and then, you know, some of these groups are going around and educating the families and, and the patients and saying, hey, this is you're donating your cord, or if you do give your cord to this particular company, they're going to save some of it, or you'll get credits towards stem cells. And it's just education, you've got to do the social media. We've got to get out on webinars. Right. We've got to get out and just, you know, talk to people and say, hey, this is available and this is the way it is, and try to get ahead of the, the curve, you know, versus some of these scanning companies that are out there because yeah. not all stem cells are the same. And, yeah. and we've got to give that it's just back to education, social media and education, education both for young right. professionals and doctors as well as for the for the consumer out there.
0: Right right. How would you how would you rate the efficacy of, of stem cells in your office at this point?
1: You know, I've been doing it for three years and what I'm using just so you know is coming from the Wharton's jelly, that mucus, Material found in the cords where the three vessels go through. Mm-hmm. So they take that that warden's jelly and they're using an FDA process which is called minimally manipulated. They don't use enzymes, they don't use chemicals. Right. Basically, they scrape out the stem cells, accept it at minus 200 degrees until they need to be used, they're shipped to you on dry ice, and then you immediately put them in your liquid nitrogen tank. Mm-hmm. Those stem cells you know, we're being very effective. I've used them for orthopedic problems over three years. I've never had anybody come back and say I need a second shot in that joint. Right. I've never had anybody come back and say it didn't work. And, you know, even though it's, you know, we're not supposed to use them for other purposes, you know, I've used them right. for some other diseases and, and some age-related diseases as well as from even some autistic children when they explained it to the parents. And I've just not had anybody come back and say, hey, it didn't work. So, I I have to say it's pretty effective Yeah. and, and the way they work is, you know, you say, well, how do these stem cells work? Well, basically, I give you these stem cells, they go into that particular area or to the knee. Well, what they basically do is not only, you know, sort of insert themselves into that particular area, to make them that cell, they also send out, whether it's exosomes or these little micro vesicles of, right. of uh, material, they go out and stimulate our own body stem cells, our own body to turn on the healing process in our body. So I'd say it takes up two months for them to be into their... You know effectiveness, and then they last for years. Right on our own system to do what our system is used to do, and that's repairing ourselves and not having this, you know, this damage in our body. We just don't make them as we get older. The right stem cells, mm-hmm. like putting these robust stem cells, into it sort of turns on your own body's mechanism to start healing our body.
0: Yeah, I I think it's incredible. I you know I I've, I've used them. You know, like you said, for a, a number of different things. I mean, we have to be careful. With, with some of right. it, because we have to say, okay, it's anti aging and rejuvenation, you know, and, and, and kind of yeah. stay there. But no, the same thing, you know, I, I've had patients who've had complications from stroke, I've had renal failure, I've, I've had, you know, orthopedic injuries, I've had even some right. autism patients coming in. And, you know, and I've seen dramatic results, uh, you know, curative results, uh, you know, with these patients. And, you know, I, I know it's, um, well, I'm just going to say it, it's my show. You know, we, we kind of walk on thin ice a lot of times and we're kind of out there, you know, getting things, uh, I don't want to say pushed, but, but really getting the masses to understand how incredible this is and also our peers. But I, I think at the same time, if we don't have doctors out there willing to push the envelope on what really works and with very minimal to no side effects, I, I think we've all lost our mind as a profession. Oh,
1: yeah. And then, and then the other problem that, you know, again, in America... Our biggest problem in America is is that we're so spoiled by having insurances pay for everything. As soon as you say that the patient's well insurance has paid for they almost turn off immediately. And right. I just looked at them and say, Insurances don't pay for wellness. Remember that. Insurances do not pay <laughs> for wellness. <laughs> and, right, Doc, thank you. And they, yeah. they turned off because they think that insurance pays pay for everything. Right. And it doesn't good things.
0: Well, you know, we have a saying in my practice, you know, that if you rely on your insur- insurance to wait for you to get healthy,
1: you're not going to get there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're not going to, no, you're no. exactly right. You won't get there. And then you have to use your debt insurance for the rest <laughs> yeah, of the oh, Exactly. Just, it's, it's ironic that way, but it's, just, I feel like, you know, because we're so spoiled with insurances. yeah. And, you know, that people don't realize that, you know, their copays now say the deductibles when you lay it right out to them, yeah. you know,
0: Docs out there like us, you know, and and uh, right. and I and I want, I would love for all of us to be able to have a, a united maybe conference uh, once a year, or or we do something all together. And what I would love, and I and I hope you feel the same way. I think you do, Doc. I would love for us to start sharing these clinical results, you know, actually right. getting, getting these published, getting these out there. And you and I both know peer-reviewed journals. Sometimes I feel completely disconnected to, the, to even being a peer to some of those. You know, I I don't know who the who exactly they're writing some of the articles, especially when it comes to stem cells, and um, they're just like what you said earlier. There's just not enough out there,
1: and yet there's not there. And then the very you stuff you wonder who is the peers that are doing it, and, and I'm I'm just you know totally shocked. But if we did have it a conference or a way of not sharing it together and saying, This is my experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Our biggest next biggest enemy besides insurance companies is is the FDA trying to come in and regulate it. Right. You know what this drug, you're gonna have to spend billions of dollars to do the research to prove it. Right. If you don't then we're, we're gonna shut it down. And I think it that is what I think is going to be the sad thing is if the FDA starts trying to regulate this great process, this natural process.
0: Right, and it it is it is one of those things we it, we're walking a tightrope. But yeah. you know, I also had uh, a little bit of issue with doing uh, you know vitamin C in the clinic. You know, we do IV drips for, with vitamin therapy right. as well. And you know, when that when I had that information come down uh, from the FDA itself saying that they weren't going to uh, allow vitamin C doses over a certain milligram, you know, I'm I'm looking at this going, what in the heck are we doing here? Um, I mean, what are they going to do next? You know, monitor everybody who eats yeah. ten more oranges a day? You know, what
1: What are we going to do? That's what yeah, <laughs> I wonder, I, and then I, you I, wonder I if, if you've ever worked for the government, which I did for a few years before medical school, you realize that there's just these, you know, a few people and a little, a little typical somewhere back north. They have no can't real growth, but they can't.
0: It, I, I agree with you. It, it's totally scary. And, you know, and the general public's under this misconception that the best of the best are up there in the government level making decisions for the rest of the, of the people. And you and I both know that just isn't true. <laughs> you
1: know, it's not. Uh, so, it, it, uh, I mean, to give you an example, and it's just, uh, I'll take it in just a minute. I'll pass. When I was working for the Health Resource Administration for medical school, I was on this committee to decide how many scanners scanners they have in an area that's they them out. They were very expensive. Mm-hmm. I was the sort of the research fellow for a year, but in all these THC people, we studied it for a year and went out all over. And when it got to the final day, let's say, make a decision of how many CT scanners to be in these health shortage areas that were out in the, in the United States at the time, they said, well, we don't know what the answer is going to be, so let's just pick up a, say it two, and they will put it in the federal registry, and if anybody complains about it, we'll change it. Wow. Put it in the Federal Register as two and it suddenly became the gospel truth. Right. You could only have two because they're challenging them, yet I'm sitting there as the fellow saying, we just made that number up. didn't <laughs> you know what we were doing. <laughs> right. We just made the number up and yet now it's become official policy in the United States, you only can have two in that area. Right. And so I think a lot of decisions are made that way, which is scary because it's not the best of the best making the decision. Right. That's census and, and that doesn't work.
0: Doc, I appreciate that because a lot of a lot of the listeners are going to wake up now, and and you know, listeners out there, I I really appreciate you listening to this show and and listening to Doctor Warren because this is the truth. So a lot of us docs out right now, especially you know, I, I think this is a a great time, but also a scary time to be a physician. Where right. You know we're we're having a lot of different things come down that are regulated. I mean, I could throw the vaccination debates in there, but that we'll save that for another show. Uh, you know, <laughs> you have too much fun on that one. Yeah, we could have some good <laughs> some good times on there. But it, it it goes to the whole philosophy that the government doesn't not always know what's best. State regulators don't always know what's best. And you know the thing that you know you and I discussed about stem cells. What I love about this is we have very minimal side effects. If any at all, with a therapy right. with a therapy that can produce such great healing, that I think we need more studies, we need more money, okay. we need more time, without pressure to be able to be in our practices and do this work.
1: Right. No, I agree, a hundred percent. And and like I I was reading an FDA response to another company out there that does you know stem cells, and I think the official word is you know human and issue products, right. you know, right. official work for them, but, you know, just criticize them and say they had to do X, Y, and Z because it would be either a new drug indication or a new biological agent. They'd right. have to have all these billion dollars worth of studies. And I think it's time for us to, you know, group together physicians that are doing it that are legitimately using good products and get our data out there right. and try to help people understand that it is very safe. I've never had a reaction yeah. and you can't be allergic to them. And, um, and show them that there are getting it's the end result that makes the difference. It's yes. The end result is what I said. How are people doing? Are they throwing their canes away, is the back pain gone <laughs> away? If they're off their opioids, are they, you know, able to function and if their activities of daily living improvement, if that's the truth and they're doing better, then I said we have something. That's what we should be looking at.
0: Yeah, you and I are in a big time agreement there. I, I mean that that is the truth. And uh, Doc, would you mind explaining a little bit about you know, there is this misconception about, especially with the Wharton's jelly, um, about having an immune system, a negative response to stem cells.
1: You know, and it's just, you know, if, if people get on the literature and they read and say, oh, you know, we're going to get this disease or that disease. And we know from the Wharton's jelly, mesenchymal stem cells, that, so, you know, they're being scraped out there in the process. So there's no chemical alteration of these cells. Right. They have no antigens or any proteins around them, so you can't be allergic to them. They're what? Forms us as humans. You know, it's just the next cells after the egg and sperm are together. Right. The next cells are these stem cells, so they're neutral. You can't be allergic to them. And these particular stem cells we're using do not imprint or they do not pass genetic material onto our own cells. Right. So if someone, you know, we screen them for all these genetic problems. We screen them for every disease known to mankind. We screen them for, you know, if the parents have had tattoos or the mother's had tattoos or she's using certain agents, they can't donate it or onto certain countries. You can't donate, of course. But the real truth is these these stem cells can't be allergic to them because there's no antigens or proteins around them to be allergic to them. And they don't imprint or they don't send on different DNA materials for our own DNA. But basically there is sort of just key that turns on this, well and key system in our body to wrap up our own system and start working. But they're just robust, they're young. You know, we talk about people getting from the bone marrow in the past or from fat. Right. You know, they, they're we don't know what, how many stem cells we're giving at that point. We don't know like, if they're aged or or problems. So I don't like giving back to they their diseased stem cells. You know, these robust baby ones are, are neutral. Mm-hmm. They're healthy, but they're actually just turning on our own system. to wrap it up the hey, Let's
0: get going and start healing our bodies like we should be doing. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. I I mean, I've been screaming this for the last few years. You know, when it, whenever. And and unfortunately, I get a lot of peers that say, like, I don't want to use that in my office. You know, I don't want to have, you know, immune system, you know, issues. I don't want to have, you know, diseases that cross, you know, lines. And, you know, I... I, It doesn't happen. Yeah, it it doesn't happen. And I think we forget, you know, at times that the placenta is such a a miraculous organ. And it does such a great job at filtering out so many different things. You know, viral, bacterial, genetic even. And... uh, you know, in the way that we process the cells now, I, th- I think that, I mean, if people actually got into this, our peers actually got into doing some of the research, they would be highly surprised and, and probably very happy <laughs> about the way that, that the technology is nowadays. What do you think?
1: Oh, I think they would be. And then realize that, you know, besides the, the screening processes that are done by independent companies, you know, those stem cells that, you know, you and I have used, you know, okay. they take up every sample they take, they take a part of that sentence to a lab and let it sit yeah. for two weeks and culture place to make sure nothing else grows to look for every fungus and virus. And so they really are screening because they don't want any problems. And then you know it's hard for a lot of things to grow at minus two hundred degrees Celsius. Yeah. And so, you know, we're getting these cells and they're you know they're processed with good hoods, with sanitation systems are just perfect. You know, we've got some cells that are I think are healthy, that are kind of do the health benefits in our body you know, how kind of deal with them that's why I like. And the Wharton's Jelly I like it because, you know, but sometimes people use poured blood themselves. Mm-hmm. There are some problems with post graft rejection because the blood types aren't the same. But so yeah. when you're using this Wharton's Jelly, that's about as neutral as you can get. I, I agree with you. it a lot of other good benefits, the exosomes and, and right. the mycorrhizal and all the growth factors, mm-hmm. the, kinds, and the things we need to boost the body up.
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, you and I are on the same page with the Wharton's Jelly. It's about all I use in my practice now. Yeah, for me it, it just it's a no-brainer once you understand the research behind it and, and really what it does in the in the body you know to the physiology and, and the communication process that happens at the cellular level i I think it's it is the future of of what I like to call uh, the change of the tide it, it's the new medicine right. and I think if we are really concerned about health with, with our patients with the population we're gonna get away from chemicals. We're going to get away from a lot of what we call glorified chemistry, as you know. It's it's led us down a a very dangerous path. You know, the opioid crisis we could bring up. We could bring up biox. We could bring up a lot of different things. Um, Right. But, you know, I... The
1: other thing that... Yeah.
0: You know, I I I think... The
1: other thing is that these stem cells, the other thing I talk to people about, and you're good at this also, Mm from what I, you know, understand... Is that, you know, I can put stem cells into you, but you've got to take your own, your own thing, eat food. If you have a brand new baby, you're not going to feed the baby garbage. (laughs) You're not going to feed the baby crap. You're going to feed that baby the best food you can because you want that baby to be healthy. And I tell people, the stem cells, I'm putting baby stem cells into it, so treat it like a baby. You're right. Eat the right foods. You don't put in bad agents. You don't smoke. You don't eat junk food. You don't do all these processed chemicals into your body. It's going to hurt these baby cells. You want to get the benefit. You have to put in a little effort yourself. Yes. Eat right, eat clean, and it's easy to eat clean yeah. if you just put a little effort into it. And so I want people not to have the, the idea that I put a stem cell into you and it's going to react if you make you a healthy person. It's like, I've put stem cells in there for you now to have the opportunity right. to nurture these stem cells, the right right nutrition to do the right things to them. We are so that completely... Tow, right. And you're going to get the benefit from it.
0: Yeah, that's... You know, in my office, you know, if anybody does stem cells, you're, you're allowed to do them by, by themselves. That's not a problem. But ideally, what I love to do is is check your nutrition, see what your habits are like. If you are completely nutritional deficient, we are going to give you an IV bag the day before you have a stem cell, or even that day, to make sure that environment is conducive for those cells to to live and to thrive and to be healthy. And uh, yeah, I I mean, it's once you, I think once you kind of understand how nature really can't be outdone, you know, it it is the divine chemist. It, It is... It really is. And, you know, for years we've we've tried to manipulate ideas that come from nature into a patented money-making curative, you know, construct. And it hasn't helped us, you know. And now, I'm a doc. You're a doc. We know modern medicine, thank God, there's been some great advances that have helped out a lot. Right. But we also know that we've got kind of caught up here into a money machine to where... We think the next best thing is going to come from pharma, and I think that we're missing, like you said earlier, we're, we're missing out on some of the greatest stuff that there is, and I believe it's that Wharton's jelly. I truly do.
1: Right. Yeah. I, so, and I think you add the Wharton's jelly, and some of the things we have there with some of these other natural products out there, and then mm-hmm. the right nutraceuticals like you're doing. We add, you know, yeah. everybody on natural anti-inflammatories, no synthetic right. ones. Right. Because I think chronic inflammation is a source of a lot of age-related diseases. And so just like you do, we put the right food to the right nutraceuticals right. into you right. and, and hopefully do it through your diet, you're going to help your body feel better and then these stem cells are just going to grow in a great environment. Yeah. Because you're feeding it, right?
0: Well, absolutely, Doc. Doc, I'm going to ask you one more question. <laughs> and since you brought up in- inflammation and, and how often, you know, we, we see that. We treat, you know, chronic inflammation more than, I think, acute inflammation. And, uh what do you think about you know in this country especially one of our greatest killers uh, is still arteriosclerosis and and what do you think the potential of Wharton's jelly stem cells having an effect to decrease that as as a whole?
1: I think it's gonna you know it's gonna I think there's some real possibilities with it because especially if you look at the Wharton's jelly and the exosomes that are in it mm-hmm. start decreasing the inflammation. Like I also said, anti food is probably the best anti-inflammatory around. So I try to tell people that we give them the right I, I, I'll i step back one step I look <laughs> at a lot of people getting these lipids and they get their lipid profiles okay right, right. and they say oh this your cholesterol is high and you better be on a statin. Well in my nursing homes I had women in their 90s that had cholesterol of 400 and yet their arteries were slick with a whistle. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> doing the research and looking at what out there basically gets back to inflammation yeah. and something called oxidized cholesterol oxidized LDL which is the irritated right. Say free radical cholesterol out there. So, if you have high oxidized LDL, which is this free radical cholesterol, and you have a lot of inflammation in your body, those vessels have sort of like the velcro inside of the inflammation, and then the irritated cholesterol cells come by, and that's what's causing and getting inspected in the velcro, and that's what's causing the atherosclerosis. And so, you start giving the people the stem cells and the Wharton's jelly and some of those items, it starts making those cells decrease the inflammation in the body. for those. Irritated LDL cells don't get caught in this to cause the atherosclerosis, and then you start feeding that particular type of irritated LDL, with light is not necessarily a statin, and you're going to get success, because why are these ladies, or men have high, high cholesterol, their arteries are clean, well, because they don't have any inflammation in their body. yeah. And that's what we've got to start working towards.
0: Absolutely. I, I would agree with you 100%. Um, but isn't it surprising how most of the masses don't think that that is really what causes arteriosclerosis? They still think it's it's a, you know a high fat diet or they think you know high, there's some that think it's a high sugar diet etc. I mean what, what are your feelings on on that?
1: I think it's just you know again we know that when the people did the bad for low sugar diet they a difference. Right. low fat it makes a difference. You need the right nutrients in your body, and if there's too much of anything, it's going to cause the damage. And I think that's the part we're getting to is realizing that this high sugar diet, high fat diet, are the wrong kind of fat. is causing right. inflammation, irritation in our body with the fat was So you need to help, like, people now say, oh, I only want eight bites, but the you know, whole eight is going to give high <laughs> cholesterol. Yeah. No, you need the whole eight because they're beneficial for you. Right. you no know, butter was better than the margins that we suddenly created to get rid of <laughs> right. that. And if you get the right healthy fat, the right, you know, olive oil, avocado oil, the right fat, along with decreasing the inflammation and in your body to eating the right products it decrease naturally decrease inflammation, you know, boosts your food biomes. and yeah. And take them these spice like Kerman and I use a lot of acid anthem and things right. like that decrease inflammation. You know, we're gonna keep the inflammation down, then they don't To one little fixation, and then suddenly, you know, oh, I can't have any fat in my diet. I can't have or any sugar in my diet. Right. <laughs> Moderation in all things. Yeah. And and if they go overboard in one direction, they're going to get other health problems. And so you've got to moderate what you're doing together. Right. And so I'm really trying to get people the right, the right fat, you know, the right type of proteins, the mm-hmm. complex carbohydrates, and working together, and we're going to have a system that well, you just can't isolate one thing or another, or we're going to have health
0: problems. You know, I I agree with you 100. percent. You know, in, in our offices, you know, we we also try to really educate that nutrients are king. You have to make sure you're getting those base nutrients in. Your body just can't create them from nothing. And if you're not ingesting them, or trying to get an IV, you know, every so often to kind of boost the nutrient right. levels, you you are going to have those those problems. And that's also something I found that is really interesting about a, a lot of our peers. Their their education on nutrition is so. Few and far between that they couldn't make a, an educated guess on what they should give somebody advice with. Oh, yeah, you don't. Yeah, or, or you
1: don't, exactly. They say, oh, you give it
0: in your diet, you know, Right,
1: right, right. Like, but but do you see how low their peak are? Or, especially
0: if they yeah. have
1: a genetic bishop? Do you see how much peak that to be the body. Yeah, you, but, you know.
0: Exactly, but it's isn't it incredible how most people don't even equate that to any of their health problems?
1: Oh, they don't. Yeah, they they don't. No, I'm. Yeah, they don't. And it's funny you put them on something like just vitamin D three and add a little magnesium or something. They come back and say, Oh.
0: but but I mean if you if we we really are were out there teaching children the basics of nutrition, it would be a no brainer for everybody but unfortunately, the system that we have set up is nobody teaches about the body until you specialize in specific things yeah, you know I mean I've always thought it was odd, especially after graduating medical school that we didn't begin learning about the human systems until you were in college. Not in grade school, not in high school. You know, I mean, you get cellular biology, but, but you, you know, eukaryotic cells, but you're not really getting them there with, an, with anatomy, physiology, you know, systemic anatomy, gross anatomy. I mean, I, I would, as a dad, I'm going to say this. I taught my boys about their bodies from a young age because knowledge is power. And I always said, you know, okay, you buy a car, it comes with the manual. You know, you get a baby, there's no manual. You know, there's no manual no at all. No. <laughs> right, oh. right. You know, and, and we're going to go back to the other thing, and you know this about delivering babies. The only time a doctor or, or we, we really give nutritional advice is prenatal care. You know, oh, well, you need a prenatal now. You know, folate is important, or folate is important here for, for neural tube development, et cetera. And you start thinking about that. Well, you don't ever stop being a viable human. So, isn't nutrient aren't nutrients important throughout the whole course of life? And you and I both know, yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And it's just you know and then the then
1: the government comes up with these food pyramids, right? And it's just like, are you kidding me? They got it so backwards and upside down. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, maybe I'm going to get shot by some people up But sometimes the dietitians are so stuck in. In what they've been taught, that they don't right. see things from a different perspective. It's hard to, for them to educate our patients because right. they're stuck in their own paradigms right. and keep on getting what they need. And then the government builds these food pyramids that are, I don't know where they came from, and they're just incorrect. And it's just, it, yeah. it's a lot to not only educate them, but we have you know, to learn about the right ways.
0: Totally agree with you, Doc, 100%. And, uh, you know, the stem cells, I, I truly believe. You know, it goes right along with basic nutrition and health. I, I think, you know, you, you said it earlier in the show that, you know, you would just watch these cords and placentas be thrown away like there's nothing valuable in them. Right. And, you know, we start looking at that. You know, we start really piecing those, those simple things together. And why is it do you think we miss the mark so highly, you know, as, as, a, as a nation? You know, why do you think we miss, like, nutrients, stem cells, you know, lifestyle uh, modification. I mean, even exercise is, is difficult for some people. Why
1: do you think that is? Oh, right. I think it's because, you know, you said that well, whether it's big pharma or corporations or something, there wasn't money in it. And they right. went where they could make money and make a sort of difference and push the money issues so that they could make money off of it. Right. Because, you know, simple nutrition doesn't bring them money, simple education doesn't bring them money, you know, exercise doesn't bring them money. Right. And so they're always looking for that next, and then sometimes the universities are so tied up in making research to, you know, so they could justify their own being, mm-hmm. they're out there looking at the next future of these esoteric type of things instead of looking at the basic, because there's no money in it, no one's giving right. a grant money to see how this simple nutrient like vitamin D works with exercise, they're on the newest chemical that they can find in this body and new receptors. Because that's where they're getting the grant money from. So it's just an upside-down system of how we've had it over the years.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. So we just have to keep educating, 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 like we like we said.
1: Right. We got to get these young docs to listen to us a little bit. Realize there's you know what they've been taught is good, but there's other ways of looking at different perspectives, and they've got to look at it and make the decision themselves what they'd like to do.
0: Right. You know, Doc, where would you like to see education on stem cells in a medical curriculum?
1: I think it's, oh, <laughs> they should be seeing it from day one when they're in their anatomy class, <laughs> like in embryology, right. show what they can right. do. Right. And that first, you know, first anatomy class, and then in the physiology class, this is how they work, is how they differentiate, get into it and show and then start talking about the exosomes and the microvesicles, get into I start looking at it now and say, man, they didn't even know about this in my medical school. I right. like, I need to start medical school all over again, but <laughs> if I wouldn't teach it. But they need to start from that very day one in anatomy, physiology classes, and show how the cells work, how what they do. I mean, they do a good job in showing how babies make, but they need to show how these stem cells and how they differentiate and then how the microvesicles work and how the, yeah. the whole processes are going on. It's just... I mean it's overwhelming sometimes I look back at medical school and wonder and see what I'm learning now and say I don't know if I can get to the medical school there's so much new material out there it's just right. almost overwhelming Right. but they've got to start those basics and start also hoping the docs open up their minds to say hey look at things from a different perspective you know yeah. we're teaching what we have but also know that not the end all there's other things out there keep your mind open look for new yes. literature look for new ideas out there so that we can make some success in it so
0: I think it's just, I start with day one in the medical school. I, I would agree with you, too. Pearls of wisdom, Dr. Warren. And, uh, you know, I, I would love to have you back on the show. I, you know, I, I do these uh, once a week, and I try to get a bunch of peers together to, you know, to talk about these issues. And, and uh, like I said, I don't, I don't get a lot of peers to, re- to respond, but I get a lot of patients out there that, that ask questions. And I think that's a good start.
1: uh, So we need to do it, and just you know, I mean, there's some things that you and I can talk about down the.
0: Right. Yeah, I I would love to. In fact, um,
1: autophagy. Yeah. And those types of senolytic mimics that are out there, and some of the new forces on the new kinds of diets, right? Calorie restriction diets and alternating fasting diets, and the new you know mTOR systems that are you know if we inhibit those with some weird things that we're getting better muscle development and longevity. So there's some, some things we can talk about. And get docs together that are talking about this, yeah. changing ideas, because that's, that's the only way to do it. You and I have talked about peptides and how yes. vital those are. Yeah. And I just think there's some, you know, just to, to sort of tease you, I mean, that article came out this week from a called the TAME study. It was to growth hormone, which I don't use. I use fragments of it, like you know, TB500 or some of the other ones. Right, me and they combined it with metformin and combined with DHEA right. and it whole change in its post-changing longevity. Yeah. And that's something I've been pushing on patients for a long time as combinations of, of some of these pharmaceuticals, but in a sort of a way that increase longevity. And so there's some fun things you can talk about and helping people look at it from a different perspective.
0: Well, how about the next time I have you on the show, you and I hit up on peptides, because that's always a great one.
1: What to Yeah. Yeah, I love peptides. And there's Me some, too. And you know, I use a bunch of new ones that are out right now, some that are better than I give them. Right. Better than Xanax and Benzos. I mean, there's just some cool natural products out there that are just we're just yeah. missing. So I'm yeah. excited about all of these things. So I, I am yeah, too. Any time. Okay. Then hopefully we can have this seminar sometime and yeah, whether it's over your direction or over here. I
0: I think let's you know, let's go ahead and, get and plan, plan that. Started. Well, let's do it. Let's plan it. I think that would be great for our peers out there as well as you know if we want to invite some uh, some civilian type you know to come in and listen. Yeah. Yeah, we will. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Warren, for being on the show. All right, This is Talk with the Docs, Dr. Martinez and Dr. Warren. Thank you, everybody out there to listen.